Hello, welcome to another sexy, thrilling episode of One for the Table. That was so erotic. Oh yeah, you're into that. Mm-hmm. I am. I like. I like whisper. Fucked up kings, bro. <laughs> I am your host, Kim Chi, and I am John Kung. Hello, John. Tell the listeners where you are at right now. I'm in Provincetown, and it is amazing. It's actually like the off season right now, but the weather's really nice, so it's just really quiet out here, and it's beautiful, and I love it. What's Pitong like during off season? Just quiet, and it's mostly local people, and it's like you know the normal thing. Like, so if if you've never been to Pitong, um, this is Provincetown, Massachusetts. It's this tiny oceanside town. That is very, very quaint and very cute and very gay. Also very affluent, but like it's just beautiful here, and it's a very popular summertime vacation spot for queer people. Um, then during there's like um, summer, they have like different weeks. They have like family week, bear week, like circuit yeah, week, all sorts of like all the different <laughs> flavors and cross sections of gay culture. Um, they all have like times here where they pretty much come over and party in the sun and by the sea and it's beautiful. Um, but it's definitely like a tourist place where it gets really, really sleepy when the weather is not warm. So um, it's also a very popular or has been historically a very popular destination for artists. Uh, so like Jackson Pollock used to hang out here. All the New York great artists used to come up here. Also, Anthony Bourdain used to come here in the summer and work. Nice. Bringing it back to food. Yeah. My favorite thing about P-Town is like also like the entertainment culture there. Mm-hmm. You'll see a lot of like comedians and drag queens like on the street, some like hawking tickets to their show, uh, which is like the culture there. And a lot of them have, like, a residency in, like, the little theaters. And you could see probably up to, like, three shows a night if you, like, wanted to. Easily. Like, you just buy the tickets. You go into these, like, little theaters. And then a lot of them do, like, an hour to, like, stand-up, like, variety show thing. Yeah. And then there's a lot of, like, classic cabaret acts. There's singing. There's, like, a lot of Broadway throwbacks. Because P-Town is also, like, when it's not packed full of tourists i think it's a it's an older it's an older gay population so like you know they've got classic the those older gay tastes which frankly i resonate with a great deal because i love me like some show tunes because you're old i am shut up am old i i am i am john may not look it but he's old everybody (laughs) it's okay it's not your fault you're old uh (laughs) thanks kip (laughs) (laughs) But also, um, one of my favorite memories of, like, Pita. So, John and I, I think it was actually one of the first trips we took together. We went to P-Town together. 2016. If you're planning on, like, going on P-Town vacation, like, obviously, like, you have to rent out your space in advance because everybody goes to P-Town in the summer. So, like, there's not that many options if you're booked late. Very few options for lodging here. And, like, we managed to book, like, a part of a house. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like one room. It was like a guy's sunroom. Yeah, the sunroom. It was like a guy's sunroom. With a pull-out bed. Yeah, two pull-out beds. Or one pull-out bed and one, like, big couch. I think I slept on a big couch. It was so much fun. Like, that house was perfectly what we needed. Just, like, a place for us to chill and sleep. And then we got to explore, like, the whole, like, Provincetown area. 
And it was like super kitschy and touristy and cute. But at the same time, there were like tea dances. There were lots of drag acts, as we said before. And then there's lots of like nature. We went to the dunes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we like biked around a lot, which was also really fun. Mm-hmm. You, you can like rent bikes to- everywhere. And I highly recommend if you ever come here to, if you're here for any more than like two days, you should definitely get a bike because it's just like a mile and a half to two mile strip. That's how long Provincetown is, but like everything's at the other end of each other. So there's a lot of walking back and forth. So a bike makes things a lot easier. I'm here for the week, so I definitely rented one. Like what are your, like what family or what are your, what your gay friends? I feel like you never run out of things to do. Like, you know, you could go see a show or you could, like, go to the restaurants, you could check out the shops, or you can get, like, naughty and, like, go down by the docks at night and then, you know. Oh, my God. Do the things that people do. You could go to, like, those rooms if you wanted. What rooms? And I heard about the rooms. They're what? Like, the orgy rooms. Oh, no, I've never heard of anything like that. I've heard of the dock, which is, like, one of the oldest, most famous cruising spots in, like, the world. But Mm -hmm. I think U.S. coastal towns have this like, I don't know, it's like between P-Town and San Francisco, like they they they're really like historically gay centers. And I don't know if it has anything to do with like sailors or pirates or maybe both. I like to think pirates. Pirates are cooler. Basically, everybody's horny in the summer at the beach. So it's true that that as well. And then also there's like a semi-nude beach. And I only say semi-nude because I guess you're not supposed to be like nude on it. So when we went, there were like a lot of random people like laying out nude. And mm-hmm. then every time like a patrol will come by, like everybody will quickly put on their swimming pants back on. <laughs> and then take it back off when they leave. I thought that was really funny. We just, yeah, I totally forgot about that. That's true. That really, that did happen when we were there. Unfortunately, not very many like good food options here though. Yeah, one of my friends asked me, like, I'm going to P-Town, what do you recommend for food? And I told her, um, well, it's a lot of mostly, like, it's a lot of new American, but, like, catered towards tourists. Mm-hmm. But there are, like, a lot of, like, seafood happy hour specials that I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Like, um, those, like, dollar oysters that we got that one time. Yeah, uh, oysters at the Red Inn, I think that's when we, that's where we went. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not just like my own opinion. This is like me speaking to locals as far as like what food options there are. And a lot of the people that even live here full time will will tell us that it's like, well, people here don't really have to try because it is a, such a popular tourist spot. So they just go with what is safe, what is popular for people that are just here for a couple of days. And what that ends up is like a lot of like fried oysters, lobster rolls, that kind of thing. But then, like, once you really get into it and you get to know the people that are around here, you know, realize that, like, the lobsters aren't local. They're all shipped and frozen from Canada or something because the fishing industry is awful and terrible. And it's not a very positive outlook for the people that live here, environmentally speaking. Everybody here is kind of, like, just acknowledge the fact that, like, oh, if you like seafood, you we will probably be, like, the last generation of people to, like, enjoy it. because every- the oceans are dying. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, Earth in general is, you know, Earth in general. Earth (laughs) in general is dying. But like, I don't think a lot of people realize how precarious the ocean situation is. The fishing industry is bad. Pollution is bad. Like, we're about to have like no fish left. No fish, no social security, no hope, no no future. 
No. Oh, look, we're spiraling again. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but back on a positive note. Um, all right. So how many oyster, like, shooters do you think you could do? I can't do that many. To be quite <gasps> honest, oysters are fine. They're good. I actually prefer eating oysters. Like, remember when we were at that Japanese, that fancy Japanese restaurant, and we got, like, the Hokkaido oyster? Mm-hmm. And they served it with soy sauce and, like, scallion? Mm-hmm. I like eating oysters as if they were sashimi. I do mm-hmm. not like them in like the Western preparation with like Tabasco sauce or mignonette or like that. Like I don't really eat oysters that way. If you gave me like some really good soy sauce and maybe some like crushed ginger or something like that, I could probably take put away a lot. But like a classic oyster tray with um, what's that red sauce that they put on it? Cocktail sauce. Cocktail sauce. Yeah. I was like, eh, I'll do one or two, but. It's not my favorite. Oh, for me, like, if the oyster is good and fresh enough, like, I don't actually need mm-hmm. any sauce. Like, it tastes like the sea, yeah. I'll just, like, shoot the whole thing just, like, on its own. Yeah. And then maybe I'll put, like, a dollop of Tabasco, a dollop of horseradish, you know, just to, like, switch it up, you know? Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's interesting how here in the States, when we serve oysters, like, they serve it in shells. Mm-hmm. But when you get, like, oysters in Korea, they give you, like, a huge bowlful already, like, shocked. That is amazing. So then all you have to just like eat the oysters and then they serve it with like um, boiled pork and like some cabbage mm. and some like pickles. Then you can make like a little wrap, mm. which is delicious. I did have this thought the other day where like I was, I'd showed a video of myself eating like making fish soup and the fish that I use was tilapia. And there were a lot of people in the comments that are saying like, ew, tilapia, like that's a garbage fish. But I had that thought. I was like, you might think, first of all, most tilapia that you get in the States now is not garbage fish. They're like raised in clean situations and they're raised in like, well, not farms are not clean, but they're cleaner than like the garbage that they used to get tilapia out of. But at the same time, I was like, you're probably the type of person that would eat an oyster, which is literally just like ocean filter. Like it is literally like they stand there and they filter out poop their entire life. And that's that's it. Poop goes in, poop goes out, and that's the life of an oyster. I don't know, like us Americans are like really like particular breeds, you know. Like yeah. we we'll like a hot dog full of like chemicals, drink like a soda right. full of like, or drink like Red Bull, which like you know is so bad for yeah. you, like full of chemicals, and then be like, oh tilapia. Knowing what I do about oysters and mussels and clams and stuff, I'm not going to stop eating it. But that's the mm-hmm. fact of the situation. So I'm actually here for an artist residency. So and I have a showcase or and a cooking demo that I have to do at the end of it. And I was going to I am going to use some forage stuff that I found because there's a lot this time of year. There's a lot of stuff that grows out. There are a lot of noxious weeds that grow in this area, like uh, Japanese knotweed and garlic uh, mustard greens. And they're delicious. You can eat them. You can cook them. They're just bad for the environment. So I'm going to cut down. But I was talking about how some of the stuff was growing on alongside, like not a main road, but not like a completely desolate road. There are some cars every now and then they were weirded out by it. And I don't think people realize like farms are also 
filthy. Like when we talk about foraging in the city and people like, ew, like there's pollution, there's dogs peeing on it. It was like, yes. And in farms, in a lot of farms, there's like tons of pollution too. You got like jet engines just like blowing shit and chemicals all over your your lettuce greens. And you don't think like there are animals pooping on your lettuce greens in the farm. No, they're just, we just wash, just wash it off. It's totally fine. Or like animal farms where like animals are so packed to the brim, you know, like wall mm-hmm. to wall. That they're just like shitting on themselves Disgust, and staying in this they're place. Disgusting. Yeah. Like people, if you ever go into a chicken farm or you like, you ever like smell a factory chicken farm, you can smell them from a mile because it all just smells like ammonia. And even then, that's like a sustainable chicken farm. It's not one of those like chicken farms right. like overgrown, like, um, like mutant chickens, like genetically like mutated chickens where like the breast is like so huge and they're so big that they can't even walk. It's wild. Yeah. Those ones are crazy. But people just don't realize like, you know, nature's gross and we yeah. eat that. <laughs> I mean, well, humans are gross. You know what I mean? Like we are gross. Like people We're will eat ass right? and then they'll complain about like, is this gluten free? <laughs> they'll complain about like their airplane seat being dusty, you know? Yes. Like, oh my God. It's like, it's no, so you literally true. just lick someone like where like their poop comes out of, you know? And yet <laughs> you're complaining about like a little dusty like seat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Like so pick your battles, you know? So real. I was watching this um, new K-drum on Netflix called Good Mother, Bad Mother. Mm-hmm. And um, the main character is a pig farmer. She talks about, like, pigs a lot. And mm-hmm. about, like, how pigs are, like, actually a really clean creature. And they always, like, poop and pee in, like, same spot. And then they, like, roll around the mud to um, kill, like, the bugs that's on themselves. But because humans have, like, trapped them, like and wouldn't let them move then then they like end up becoming like angrier and then they have to like roll in their own poop to kill the parasites as opposed to like rolling in the mud i mean it's true but it's also like it's sad and also did you know that pigs physically cannot look up to the sky yeah what was that like tiktok trend where like People were like sh- turning the turning tiny pigs and like turning them towards the sky. And yes, they were, like, the only time a pig out. can ever see the sky is um when they fall on their back. Oh my god! Because of the way that their face is shaped, it just heads on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! After seeing all this and seeing all the cute pigs, I don't know if I could eat a bacon today. <laughs> Today. Today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've got pancetta in the fridge. But um, it is a good drama if you want to see it. Uh, The last K movie that I, a Korean movie that I saw that was kind of like that was Okja. You're going to say Parasite, aren't you? Not Parasite, Okja. Okja, all right. Okja was so good. Okja was really good. Also so sad. I know, I know. It... Apparently made him go vegan, right? Bong said, like, I went vegan after filming that. Koreans, like, just know how to um make you sad. <laughs> they do. They do. No, like, the way that they really, t- like, Korean film just, like, really gets you in the emotions. Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. even matter whether you understand the language or not. Like, it's very effective storytelling. 
very effective storytelling. But you like know. you know me, I'm like normally like a heartless person, but like mm-hmm. watching key drama and key TV shows, like I'm like crying, like sobbing. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like you when you were watching um, Pose. I I will never forget like coming coming back to your apartment after partying that whole weekend and then you were watching pose and you were just like looking at me sobbing <laughs> <laughs> well if you want to have a good cry watch um good mother bad mother enough likes <laughs> mm. so, so this one um so the lady she marries a guy who works at a pit farm and then um the husband gets killed by like the mob so then she becomes like a single mother and then has to like raise his farm and then raise a the kid on his own. So then she um she wants the kid to grow up to be like a judge or like a prosecutor or something. So then she's like really hard with him, like really strict. So then he um grows up resenting her. But then when he finally becomes um a lawyer, he gets in a car accident. And then it's like he becomes like a seven year old all over again. Oh, like mentally? Mentally, yeah. Oh. So then the mom has to take care of her um, 75 son again, but it's like starting new over like a... Oh, so it's like, does she see it as like a second chance or something like that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really sad, but also like really heartwarming. But then also there's like other plot twists and turns. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's really well acted. Mm. I don't know why I'm like pushing this drama like that. I'm not even. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Uh, have you eaten anything interesting recently? Here in LA, there is a place called Hermanos Empanadas. Oh. I don't know if you ever see me like post about them on Instagram. Um, I'm not sponsored by them. I'm not paid by them. But like, it's this guy. Um, his name is Jose, and he makes the best empanadas that I've ever tasted. Really, and. You know, like, I've been around the world. I've eaten quite a lot of empanadas all over. And I have my empanada spot in Chicago. But here, when I came to LA, like, a lot of the empanadas I've tasted even in restaurants were, like, really mediocre. Mm-hmm. And then one day I saw um, my foodie friends, like, post about, like, this empanada place. Um, So I messaged him and I, like, got an order. And these empanadas are so, 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 so good. They're baked, or you can get them fried too, but I like them baked. And they're filled with either beef, chicken, or ham, and corn and cheese. Ooh. But the um, crust is so flaky, and the beef has like hard-boiled egg, and it's seasoned really well. And they give you like a side of chimichurri sauce. And like if you bite into it, you get that crunch. I can like flaky hear you salivating as you're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> this so, sounds so good. And you can't get it at a restaurant. Um, their business is only through like Instagram, so you have to like message them on Hermanos underscore like empanadas um, to like place your order, and they deliver mm. all over LA. But it is worth every penny. These empanadas are like so good. I don't mm. again. <laughs> I don't know why I'm pushing these empanadas so hard, but they're just really, really, really. I good. mean, I do love a good empanada. What I've Unfortunately, as we said, there's not much for food for P-Town as of yet. Especially, like, a lot of things are closed from Monday through Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we haven't had many options. But today, I did have a really good bagel. Um, 
Oh God, what is the place? If called? you want to, couldn't you take like um yacht to Boston and then come back? It's two hours. It's probably too much work for you, isn't it? I think I I, I don't know. It's too far. It's too far and too too long. But like, uh, let me see. What is the bagel place? The bagel place was called Bagel Hound, and they're open on Thursday through Sunday, and it was actually pretty good. Um, my bagel was like three minutes old because I was there right in the morning and I had it with a uh, scallion schmear. Um, oh, did they load up on the schmear? Mm-hmm. It was like a thick layer of schmear. And then the best place for coffee that I've been to, I've been to a couple of places for coffee, but um, Kohi, K-O-H-I Coffee Company in, uh, in, in Provincetown is probably like my favorite one. They do a good pour over and they've got like good baked goods and stuff. But apart from that, I mean, you know, I had fried oysters at Max's seafood place and that was pretty good. But then the rest of them, like lobster pot and stuff like that, like there's all touristy stuff. Remember when we went to lobster pot that one time? Yes. Yeah. And the only reason why we went in was because it was like raining. It was so raining. Hard. Yeah. It, it was, was raining like so tor- hard. Like torrential downpour. Yes. Torrential like downpour. Rain. Torrential downpour. <laughs> 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 I can't was, even I rem- English anymore. The water was like rushing by my ankle. Like I was like probably shin deep in water. And their door was open and we just ran in and then yep. I think we had some like I think we were like, well, well then we might as well eat here. I, I had like a I, lobster pasta or something like that. And it was like I think we split like some like a lobster thing and like a chowder. Yeah. Like you're the classic things that you would order, but like, you know, their chowder probably comes from a bag. And No, I feel like they 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 will probably make their chowder. No. It it's no. not made on site. At least somebody told me that they saw like a bag of chowder being wheeled um, into. So if ooh. it is, it's still like, good. well, it doesn't have to be made on site to be good. Let's just get that out of the way. That's it true. I mean, restaurant. it's basically like what, like roux and cream. Yeah. And yeah. All this and so, yeah, it was, I remember the experience was like fine, but yeah, it wasn't like I notable. Yeah, but the fact that we were in there and, like, the restaurant itself was pretty much on stilts on the water and we were mm-hmm. there through, like, the th- rainstorm, we thought we were going to get swept away. Like, that made it exciting. Honestly, the best meal we had in Piton was um, when we went over to our friend Josh and Eric's um, little house oh, and yeah. they made us dinner. They that was probably that the best dinner we had in Piton. Yeah, that cute little house. We biked there. It was such mm-hmm. a great experience. And you know, like um, our friend Eric, he he's like really humble about it, but he's actually like a phenomenal cook. And yeah. you know, like he does like simple things really, really well too. Mm-hmm. I feel like I remember that tart that he made you mm-hmm. your birthday. I think it was your birthday or something. To me, he's like my gay Ina Garten. Yeah, he could he could do it if he wanted to. Like that would be that could be like his thing. Yeah, but he's like too like shy and meek <laughs> about mm-hmm. it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, and when he just like does like an antipasto, you know, like oh, he's like oh, I just threw this together. But then you see it's this like giant platter of all these like fantastic. beautiful vegetables, like laid beautifully, like cut perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, Josh and Eric are of uh, pigeon doll fame. If you don't follow them, mm-hmm. they're phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they make them um, fashion dolls. 
And, and they were just, like weren't they just like in a Sweden? Was it Sweden and Cardi B? Yeah. Or Ice? I can't uh, um, remember. Ice, what's their name? Um, I want to say Ice Spice, but well, I know it's The boys and lions, the boys and lions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Y'all know who we're talking about, right? <laughs> I don't know. We're not we're old. We're not with it anymore. We are no longer hip. Uh, and then I remember also the late night option for Piton was just like pizza, pizza, and I feel like there were like rice balls at some point. There was a place called like Kung Fu Dumpling. We had dumplings, I think, and they were like, eh. yeah, yeah. If you did like a pop up in the summertime, do you think it'll do well? Uh, only if it's Bear Week. Imagine like if you did like a seafood dumpling. I mean, if I did a pop up, uh, it would have a have to be during Bear Week because that's when people that actually eat are here. And but everybody actually, likes dumplings. Yeah, everybody does like dumplings, and they're just like again the places that are established here. Like they don't really have to try that hard um, mm. to be successful, so they don't like. I would totally do something like a short residency here, but again. Mm. Uh, having a kitchen, the rent and the labor is just like not really all that worth it. It would have to be for like a good cause or maybe like a tour or something like that. That that would work. I would do that. Monet is actually going to be here. Really? Uh, Monet's everywhere. Monet is. She do be everywhere. She's here in June. I saw her. I saw her poster. Um. Yeah, her comedy show. I really want to see it, but she hasn't done like an LA date yet. So... <laughs> I don't think she's doing one, or she hasn't done one in um, Detroit. Avoiding Michigan like a plague. I mean, they did cancel. Work the world isn't coming to Michigan. Oh, I I don't make these decisions. <laughs> Looking at you, Kim, you 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 could tell them. You could tell them. And no, 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 we good. We I mean, a lot of it has to do with like, um, like the tour route and like the theater availabilities, you know. Yeah, they're choosing to go to Windsor, Ontario, instead of Detroit mm. this year. Which I don't know why, but maybe there are just more people in Canada that want to see it than people in the Michigan or the Midwest. Mm. Mm. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, shall we take a quick break? Yes, let's take a little break. We'll be right back. And we're back, and apparently during the break, Kim got some damn empanadas. I can't believe. I'm so jealous because I am so hungry right now. <laughs> Let me You're open just gonna up one. Eat them while we're through. Oh, Kim. Oh. 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 Baby. Ugh. Baby. Baby. Let me show you. Oh my god. Holy crap. How many of those are there? I don't know, but I'm definitely sharing with people that are in LA. Oh. <laughs> no. Oh, that is. Oh my god. That Thanks. looks. So good. Uh, that flaky golden crust. 
Mm. Let me have a bite. Tears. I am in tears right now. Okay, that's that's a little. That's a lot. <laughs> Is that the beef one? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that looks amazing. It's got peppers, egg, olive. Mm. Uh, I I definitely will have to like get something to eat after this because that is and then your third house cherry i think i've had that before that was really good i love how this is turning and has this just turned into like a mukbang for me mm. <laughs> uh see this is this is one of those situations where it's like oh we should probably be doing like a video podcast <laughs> totally <laughs> Oh my god. So good. <laughs> I'll finish this and then get right back to podcasting. <laughs> okay, great. I'll just we'll just mm-hmm. we'll just wait here. Mm-hmm. All the good that LA has to offer. I mean the food is like the thing that saves it for me, but I could do without the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that whole like huge building development that they're going to do in LA, like in Hollywood and downtown LA, like hundreds of thousands of new housing units that they're going to build. No, tell me about it. No, well, that's all. That's all. I saw that on LA magazine on their Instagram and they were like, literally like they're building like huge apartment complexes in downtown LA that just increasing the housing and also in Hollywood. And it's like the first time in like, I don't know, since like the 70s or the 80s that they're actually doing anything about like putting more housing in. What's, I don't understand what the deal with like why more people, like why is it so hard to get shit built over there? I don't know. She literally just ate an entire empanada while on the podcast. <laughs> I know there's like a lot of places though they can't like build stuff on because of the earthquakes and. Oh, that's true. I totally forgot you have earthquakes. That's why the Lawrence like LA homes have like a basement, and you know. <laughs> yeah, interesting. I I still like for all the times that I've been to LA, I've never knock on wood. I don't ever want to, um, but suffer through an earthquake. I've have only you? experienced um one big one. It was during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Everything was shaking, and like things were like falling off the wall. It's kind of, like, scary to be in one, but then also kind of, like, cool, too, because, like, growing up in the Midwest, I never got to experience earthquake. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure for people here, it's, like, <laughs> everybody Whatever. keeps saying, like, LA's due for a huge earthquake soon. We didn't know when it's going to happen, but... They've been saying happen. that for, like, a hundred years or something like that. Well, not a hundred yeah. years, but they've been saying that forever. Like, LA's due for a big one, where it's just, like... At this point, I think, like, people have lived their entire lives, born, lived, and died in L.A., waiting for the big one. It's like an urban legend at this point. The big earthquake. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, knock on wood and hope that it never happens, because how much would it suck would it happen? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I think that is, that's just one thing I love about, like, Michigan. It was like, okay, so we get cold. That's it. Frozen. And I'm okay with, and I'm okay with that. I'm yeah, okay because you don't that. leave your home. I know. And it's warm and cozy. 
And when I do leave my home, it's like an hour before my flight leaves because it's really easy for me to get to the airport. That's like what I tell people. Like, that's like what I love about like where I live. Like I have a beautiful home and I can leave one hour before my flight departs. The life. The life, the life and lots of parks and beautiful nature and like outside during the summer. But otherwise, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cozy girl. What about friends? Do you have a lot of friends in Detroit? I don't know. No. <laughs> a lot of them have moved. <laughs> a lot of them have moved to Orlando. <laughs> you mean a warmer uh, state? <laughs> a warmer, a warmer state, but still like. You know, imagine that I leaving just, the cold Michigan I, for a warmer climate. I don't know. I think being warm is overrated. Like right now, it's like nice, uh, uh, but I'm, but I'm also in like Cape Cod, so like it gets cold out here too. But like being warm year round is, I think it's overrated. Yeah, I just really hate the um, sixty four degree weather. Oh, nice and sunny here in LA. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So LA's got wonderful weather to be outside, but nobody's walking anywhere. You're spending your time inside. I mean, you could walk. It's all all personal choice. Okay. It's not a choice. I've tried walking in LA, and you hear horror stories about, like, New Yorkers who move to LA and refuse to get a car for, like, ten the first 10 minutes that they live there, and they end up, like, trying to walk somewhere, and they're, like, end up getting on the highway or something. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's part of the culture. (laughs) The culture shock. Yeah. The culture yeah. shock of it all. Yeah. I just don't value, like, spending time in a car enough to, like, deal with it. But I do like to visit, and I like to eat there when I'm there, so. Honestly, the mm-hmm. food here is phenomenal, but I'm sure mm-hmm. you've heard about, you've heard us talking about LA food in a lot of the other podcasts. <laughs> we have, we have. So and let's now in this on. podcast, we hear you eating the LA food, so. <laughs> But let's focus on the other food, well, the we food that Detroit has more. to offer. Do you like remember when before we started the podcast? Before we started the podcast, we were going to make a trip to a place where they had In and Out, Shake Shack, and I think it was like In and Out, Shake Shack, and Whataburger in the same like city. Oh yeah. So that we could like do a so we could do a side by side comparison and like a fair comparison where it's like mm. you really get you literally get takeout, everything is still warm, and we're eating it like fresh right then and there. Mm. And I think the place that I think Oregon, I think Oregon is a city that has everything, but it oh. also cannot be it also cannot be like um what's it called? It also cannot be uh, a headquarters a headquarters state for like the two biggest uh, yes. I said this on Twitter. It can't be a headquarters for for like the the biggest burger places and then we'll do a side by side comparison. Yes. I heard uh Shake Shack has a very good veggie, veggie burger, burger, right? Yeah, I heard their veggie burger is really good and I'm inclined to believe it cuz I don't actually like their regular burger all that much. Yeah, I see everybody on social media raving about the veggie burger like it actually tastes like actual veggies. I would like Which to taste I'm it. down for. Like mm-hmm. that sounds good to me. Yeah, Shake Shack. You know, like I don't mind it. Like they're perfectly good burgers. You know, but mm-hmm. um, given the other options, like would I go out of my way to like eat it? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I did say, when I was in Hong Kong. I did have the best dessert from a chain restaurant at the Shake Shack there. I don't know if I had said this on the podcast before. 
Mm-mm. but it was like a black sesame ice cream with boba and like brown sugar, like cookie bits and stuff. It was just, it was not too sweet, but everything that was in there was like texturally just really good. And it was at the Shake Shack and Pacific place. And I forget what it's actually called, but it was like an soft serve ice cream with boba and it was black sesame flavor. It was, and like, I think it was like brown sugar or brown sugar cookie crumbles on top. It was so, so good. It was so good. Most memorable thing I ate in Hong Kong that trip, actually. <laughs> really? Of all the amazing yeah, food that Hong Kong has to offer? Like, yeah, of all the... Because, like, you know, I when I go to Hong Kong, I have, like, my greatest hits and stuff. And, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I go to the... But because, like, that was the one new thing that I tried, I remembered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was one time Shake Shack Burger really hit. Like, I got into New York, and then I had to get ready, like, for the gig right away. And then after the gig... There weren't that many, like, places to eat, and I had to, like, fly out, like, the first flight the next day. Mm-hmm. So, like, I didn't need anything at, like, 24 hours at that point. And then um, I went to JFK, and the Shake Shack was open. Mm. And aside from, like, their breakfast burgers. So when you go to the airport in the morning, every single place all serve the same thing, and I do not want yeah. any of it. It's always, like, hard egg with, like, bacon sausage between bun with some, like, cheese. Yeah. And the entire airport smells like that, and that's just, like, the last thing I want. Not appetizing at all. But, um, turns out Shake Shack was, like, serving their, like, regular burgers during breakfast hours, too. So I was like, all right, finally something that's not, like, an overcooked egg with cheese. <laughs> yeah. So then I got the, um, the Shack burger, and it was pretty good. Mostly because I was, like, starving, but... Yeah, I still try to fly out in the mornings, and, like, the only thing that I would get at an airport would be, like... Popeyes, but they're never, I don't think they open to like 11 or something. Mm. And I still have not tried their strawberry biscuit. I hear it's good. Oh yeah, the strawberry biscuit, I haven't tried either. I hear like there's a hack, like you're supposed to like try the strawberry biscuit with like honey or ice cream or jam or something like that. And it's supposed to be like really, really good. Does Popeyes even serve ice cream? Or you have to like no idea. buy the biscuit and then go buy ice cream and eat it together? Maybe. That seems like a lot of work. That sounds that like a very a like a suburban thing to do. Yes, you're right. You know, <laughs> you're right. Because, like, what other desserts does Popeyes have? They have their cake. Is that do they do cake? Am I, is that right? No, I think they do like a fried pie. Oh, like the fried apple like, pie. Oh, and at some point they had um, chocolate beignets. I don't know if they still like do them or not. Mm. You know, I really don't think Popeye does. Like, I don't think to get dessert when I'm. Getting Popeyes, I'd I'd rather just get like painfully full on chicken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Popeyes order is usually like the same. If I'm at an airport, then I'll get chicken tenders. But if I'm not at an airport, I'll get like a two piece meal with. That's it. I said with. <laughs> I oh, <haven't> finished. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with a side of like rice and beans or the dirty like the Cajun rice. Mm-hmm. And um, they recently upgraded their mac and cheese. So it used to be that like the cafeteria mac and cheese where it was like really watery and yeah, like runny. But they up- upgraded to like a home style mac and cheese. Oh no shit! So you actually get like the caramelized cheese on top, and it's actually like Ooh. really cheesy and ooey gooey. It's probably like the best mac and cheese you can get from a fast food. Ooh! And I was like shocked at the quality. I am definitely gonna try that on my way home. Yeah. That that sounds amazing. I'm totally gonna try that because my my go to Popeyes order is a 
It depends. If I want sides, I'll probably get like a four piece and then a side. But it's never. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be the rice and beans. Um, yeah. I, until now, I'll try the mac and cheese now. Um, but then otherwise, like I'll just eat an eight piece chicken. <laughs> yeah. Just have just mm-hmm. the chicken. For me, like I like to eat also eat everything separately. So I like to eat the chicken and then I like to eat the side dishes, just mm-hmm. so I can taste all the ingredients separately. For some reason. Like the trend on like social Wait, media is like, oh, this is like my Popeyes hack, and then they'll take like a piece of Popeyes and then like pile it with mac and cheese and like pour like three different types of sauce on it and like top it with fries and then eat it all in one bite. And I'm like, can you even <laughs> taste anything Popeyes at that like point? It's a rice bowl. <laughs> I feel like that's how like all these like fast food hacks are, just like piling all the sauce and ingredients on top of each other and eating all in one bite. Yeah, no. And I don't know. That's not the way I personally like to eat. I mean, if you want to do that, like, you do you. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a lot of work. A lot of work, really messy. Yeah. And also, like, what is the payoff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're making, like, a biscuit scent, well, no, if you're eating anything with that biscuit, it's just going to suck all the moisture out of there. You can't have that biscuit with anything besides, like, a drink. Yeah, the Popeye's biscuit is... Building material. I don't know why when I was younger I thought they were the best biscuit ever, but... Drywall. But it's not. It's not. Red Lobster has the best chain biscuits, I think. Mm, uh, that's, that's like a different level, though. Is it? Like, I wouldn't put those biscuits in the same like category as like the fast food biscuits, you know? I mean, they're both like pre-made, heat up in a... Yeah, but I mean, like, Red Lobster is not like something you get at a drive-thru, you know? That's true. I mean, Red Lobster biscuits could be something that you can get at a drive-thru. I, I should be, yeah. <laughs> God, those biscuits are good. Surprisingly, like, if they're fresh, KFC's biscuits, like, hit really well. Really? I don't think I... Only if they're fresh. I've never had them fresh. Half the time, like, they've been, like, sitting there for hours, so, like, they're, like, dry and... But one time, I got them when they were, like, hot, like, right out of the oven, and they were really good. Interesting. But those times are, like, really, like, rare. They should have, like, a sign, like Krispy Kreme does. You probably have the best chance, like, going to, like, KFC during, like, peak times when there's, like, people lined out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, during dinner. Before the dinner rush. Yeah. Mm. Any, like, fast food chicken place always go during peak time. Yeah. When they're, like, constantly making new stuff instead of, like... Yeah, but I just don't want to wait. I don't want to Yeah, but... I would wait for a fresher chicken and biscuits. It's true. And so, you know, I'm already, like, wasting calories eating this junk food. hmm And if I'm going to eat it, I might as well, like, eat, like, the best version of it. Mm. I think we ever talked about our fri- favorite fried chicken chain before. Jolly. Yeah, we had, a, we had a whole fried chicken episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um, uh, Jolly Bee won. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Jolly Bee Spicy will mm-hmm. always win. Yeah. They're starting to put more of those around America. I know there's one in Michigan, but it's like still too far for me to try it or mm-hmm. to, to go. At least in Michigan, you have um, Culver's. Gus's. 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 And White Castle. I do like White Castle. I do like I White do. Castle too, and they don't have them here in like LA. They are. It is. It. I mean, like steam burger, whatever, jalapeno cheese, like... White Castle for me is like my is after the after party. Like that's what I associate White Castle with. It's five in the morning. We just got out of afters. White Castle is open. Let's get like a crave case and some chicken rings. And- yes, I don't know who you are, but if someone is throwing a party 
and you show up with a crave case, you are oh, the hero of that party. Hero. Hero. Absolutely. 100%. Nobody's mad at that. And I think like, they have Impossible Burger now, too. They do. So you can even help, you can even like help the vegans out. Show up with a vegan crave case. I totally would do that. Like, yeah, if I'm throwing a party and you bring a crave case, like you're getting your ass ate by someone. <laughs> Not me, but someone. <laughs> right. Oh, well, anyways, on that note, um, I actually have to get going because I have to go to a reception for this, for my artist group, I think. Really? Yeah. It started Wait, like 20 minutes ago. Before you go. Yeah. Tell me about your day. I just said I have to go, Kim. <laughs> what do you have to do today? What are you going to do at this? Um, I'll, I'll tell you about it afterwards. I'll tell you about no, it no, afterwards. No, no, I want to hear it I still, now. No, I, has, I still have to get ready for this. You see me right now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, you're more than ready. <laughs> no, I'm not. You look how you always look when you go out. Wow. Wow. That's, that, that's hurtful. Your hair is actually the best hair I've seen. Hurtful and unnecessary. I'm listening. I'm just being truthful. Uh, Your hair you, looks great. Can you talk us out, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> thank you so much oh my for God, tuning into another episode of One for the Table. <laughs> I guess John is in a rush to go somewhere. So we have to end this episode a little bit earlier than we normally would. This is still a 50-minute episode, Kim. I don't care. But don't worry if you like what you heard today, please share, like, <laughs> subscribe. You can't see her, but she is so happy your right now. <laughs> <laughs> and don't be a hater. Because why? Why, John? What do you mean, why? Because we don't like <laughs> haters. Ah. Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. Oh, wait, wait, Have before, a great week. Before you go. Before what? you go. What? what, what? Before you go. What? I just want to take this time to tell our <laughs> oh listeners. Oh, God. <laughs> Good. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs>